It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College Adult and Graduate Study. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. Thanks for being with us. I am your host. I am also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me in the KFG studio, as always, certified financial planner Kevin Corhorn, but back, special guest, certified financial planner and CPA Ryan Fair. Yeah, taxes can be very frustrating, especially if they're complicated or if you are unorganized. There are lots of different reasons why, uh, or if you just don't understand it. But the the changes, it can make it even worse, uh, the new tax law changes. So today on Wise Money, we're going to review the top seven promises you need to make to your, make to yourself so that this tax season will be your best ever. Yep. We still have several tax questions, tax-related questions from fans of the show. Thank you so much for submitting those. If you have them or you have something else going on in your financial life you want us to talk about or you need help with, reach out to us. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. You can call or text 574-222-2000. It's 574-222-2000. Lastly, you can submit questions or just join the conversation on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Just search Wise Money Radio. All right. Well, Ryan's back. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for taking time out of... Is this a little busy? Nah, no. it's a heart attack season, so we're we're glad you're you're in. Before we jump it's in, the, you gotta say that right. It's the heart of tax season. The heart of tax, right? Because it it sounded like it's heart attack season. <laughs> which, <laughs> if for Ryan, it is heart attack season. Oh. but for us, we're in the heart, heart of, of tax, tax season. season. Yes. yes. Nice. Okay. Nice. So before we dive in, Ryan, give us a quick update and how's it how's it going. So yeah, we're we're off to a nice start. Uh, everything is uh, so far so good. Uh, we're, of course, it's still somewhat early. We still have a time, some time go, but we're we're on track and and rolling right along. So so far we we haven't uh, lost any lost any of us uh, hardworking employees <laughs> from the heart attack season. Uh, but but yeah, it's going well. Most common issue, or or what would you encourage people maybe who haven't yet filed their return? Yeah, what would you what would you want to say to them? I, I think it's just mostly planning ahead for 2019. At this, you know, 18 is done. Uh, we are we're finding out the results of everybody's returns right now as we're doing them. And as much as anything, we're spending our time educating clients just to you know let them know of any future 2019 expectations that they need to either adjust their expectations or adjust something else in their their tax life to. Uh, get their tax picture back in line with their current yeah. expectations. You need a professional helping you. You need a CPA, someone who specializes in, in this. And then our our belief is you need that person connected with your overall, your financial plan, your certified financial planner, so that there's synergy there. And so, um, I, you know, I'll, I'll just be bold and say if you have if you don't have a plan yet to get your tax return done, then give us a call. Give us a call. We, we'd, yep. we'd love to help. There's still room in Ryan's calendar. There's several ways that you can that that KFG can help uh, prepare your taxes. You can sit down with Ryan or one of our uh, specialists and have your return done right there face to face. Ask all your questions, have them ask you questions and get it knocked out there just with an appointment. Um, if you're busy as uh, most people are, you can just 
drop your information off as well. We can prepare your return and then call you when it's done. And then you'll sit down with someone to review your return, make sure that you answer those three questions that I always tell you about. Um, And then the last way is my favorite way. You drop them off, and then you have a meeting with a certified financial planner. And the certified financial planner is going to review the return with you, answer all three of those questions. So do we know where every number came from? Do we know it's accurate? And then what opportunities exist for you to improve this return, make this return better? And then what opportunities exist for you to make next year better? How is 2019 going to change? What adjustments do you need to make? And then they're going to fit all of that into your overall financial life. So, So give us a call. If you're already working with someone and you don't have an appointment scheduled, give them a call and, and, and get rolling on this stuff. Um, I don't know what it is, but taxes is very easy to procrastinate. So I would say get get moving. Mm-hmm. Yes. And as someone who doesn't prepare them, they're very easy to prepare. But I, th- <laughs> I, do, th- I do think I, I think one of the, the interesting things this year is with the small business owners and seeing the qualified business income deduction, which the QBID is a new uh, acronym that we have around here. And for if you're if you are a small business owner and you've been procrastinating um, or you've self-prepared in the past, you're going to need to fill out a worksheet to calculate what your qualified business income deduction is. And so you're likely going to want some help with that. If if I said QBID and it didn't uh, ring a bell, you're going to want some help. Get some help. We can help you. We specialize in that. Yeah, you lost me at worksheet. So I, <laughs> that, that's it. So uh, near the beginning of the year, Kevin shared with me an article he found on the Wall Street Journal written by uh, Laura Saunders, Sanders, Saunders, um, about seven New Year's tax resolutions. Well, we're into the year, so we're not going to talk about resolutions. However, it did inspire us. And I thought, well, with the new tax laws, yeah, what are some promises what are some pledges as you're going into this tax season what do you just need to say all right i solemnly swear not to do this and there's actually a few there's actually a few i came up with the top seven so let's uh we'll get ryan's take on each of these so the first promise the first pledge that you need to make to yourself regarding this year's taxes is i promise not to get upset with my reef when I, I let me let's start Whoa. over. I promise not to get upset that my refund is down or that I owe if I did not double check my withholdings during the year. Tax planning. Yes. So we we hit it all the time. Um, this is why you take a look at stuff during the year. So as we've you know hit on a number of times here at Corbin Financial Group, we've done lots of tax planning in the last you know four or five months of the prior year, we're cranking tax returns. Everybody uh, makes these really funny jokes of, oh, tax season's over. You're probably not working anymore. Right, <laughs> Kevin? I've heard that from Kevin more than anybody else. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, Ryan's a seasonal employee. Yeah. Yeah. So so we're cranking out tax projections, which are basic. I mean, it's a mock tax return. We're doing mock tax returns the rest of the year for the upcoming season so we know what to expect yeah we've been if you're a fan of the wise money show or even listen periodically you've probably heard us we've been warning you about this one and so yeah i and i empathize but i but i'm i you gotta promise not to get upset if your refund's different because of your withholdings and you just you just never checked your withholdings. Quick story. One of my friends I grew up with, we were really, really close, and his name was Chris. And when we graduated Michigan State together, he went to work for um, 
a big CPA firm in Chicago, and he's a CPA. And he gets his taxes done his first year out of school. Has no money, and he's got a good job, but he has no money. Bam, you owe $9,000. Oh. Totally freaked out. Oh, my goodness, something's got to be wrong. He wasn't having anything withheld for taxes. <laughs> a CPA never even looked at his own pay stub to see are they withholding anything, let alone the right amount. I imagine there's some sort of Michigan State joke in there, but we'll <laughs> skip it. Nope. No, no but not. this is where you would assume, and you know what they say about assumptions. I mean, it gets it gets everyone in trouble, but you assume a CPA working at a CPA firm would, there's, that's an impossible mistake to make. No, it's actually, it's not an impossible mistake to make. But here's the other thing. It wasn't him that made the mistake. It's just the buck stops with him. He, right. He's responsible for checking it. He went back and looked at his W-4. No, I filled it out correctly. Payroll made the mistake. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And we see this all the time, let alone these tax withholding changes or not. You might have kept everything the same. Your payroll department might be might have done something incorrect. But it's still on you to double check. Right. Yeah, in that scenario, payroll is on the hook for an apology, and you are on the hook for writing the check. I know. Th this, this is confusing. Uh, let me just make the, make the point. I mean, your taxes are calculated on your tax return. That's the amount of tax that you owe. A lot of times, we just pay that. The IRS wants us to pay it throughout the year through withholdings or estimates, but that's where it all gets trued up. And so even if you're just getting paid, you work a normal job and it's just W-2 income, all that sort of stuff. You can't just rely on, well, someone else is taking care of it for me. No, you're, you're responsible for it. This year, again, we've just told you time and again that with these new tax law changes, the IRS came out in early February with just a quick assumption, hey, here's how we think withholding should change. I think they got it wrong. Yeah. I think they got it wrong. So um, it's going to be different. I'll state again. Likely, likely, the new tax laws means you're paying less tax. It's just also very likely you've had less withheld and your refund or what you owe is going to be different. So that's the first promise. We've got six more to hit coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the most important pledges or promises you need to make with yourself, to yourself, when getting your taxes done this year? We're running through those. So glad to have you with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and special guest, CFP CPA, Ryan Fair. Thank you to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for making the Wise Money Show possible. Thank you very much. If you have questions relating to taxes, it's tax season, so we're getting a lot of those, or about the markets, you know, what the craziness going on there, or anything else in your financial life, reach out to us. We'd love to help. 574-222-2000. You can call or text us at 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit questions right there on the right. You can even catch up on previous episodes. Speaking of previous episodes, every show is on the YouTube channel. You can subscribe to that. You can watch the show there. You can even submit questions that way. So Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, you can uh, connect with the show that way as well. 
All right. So we're talking about the seven pledges or promises that you just need to commit to right now. Hey, I will or I won't. Um, based on this year's taxes. So the very first one is you're not going to cry over the spilt milk. You are not going to get upset if your refund is different or if you owe, if you never checked your withholdings during the year. You're not going to do it, okay? The second one, I promise to not panic about the new SALT deduction limit on state and local taxes. What in the world is that? Does that even mean, Ryan? All right, SALT. We we like... uh acronyms so state and local tax salt and so on schedule a itemized deductions when you're filing your taxes uh, one of the deductions that you get is for all of the state and local income taxes that you paid in during the year and so that's typically you know your state and county withholdings that you see on your paychecks or through your retirement distributions estimated taxes that you pay to the state and local and then you also in that whole section of schedule a you get to deduct your state and local taxes as well as your property taxes on your basically any uh residence that you own that's not a business you know business uh rental mm-hmm. or anything like that but your property taxes state and local taxes and then like your excise taxes and stuff on vehicle license plate registrations all of that stuff in prior years you could add up and deduct all of it as an itemized deduction this year they put a cap on the that entire tax section where you can only deduct up to ten thousand dollars so it doesn't take many people in the middle class on up to hit that $10,000 limit. You can run through some quick examples of if, you know, there's a husband and wife that make 100 and 150,000 here in St. Joe County and you're paying, you know, basically 5% state and local tax, so that's 7500 bucks, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you add your property taxes on top of that. Yeah. $2,500 is a is a nice nice home where the property taxes you know, basically from that point on up, you don't get any extra deductions. If you're making 200, 250, whatever, you're you're going to hit that cap pretty quick. We're fortunate here in, in the Midwest where we're located that we have re- reasonable property tax rates, reasonable income tax rates. Where the big scuffle of this whole thing is, is on the coasts of the countries of, of the United States. So you move out to New York, California, some of these other areas, it's not totally unheard of for property taxes to be 10 grand let alone you know obviously wages are higher in those high cost of living areas and the, the tax taxes. rates are significantly higher so again some california clients that that i have they they're paying upwards of nine percent for their state income tax rate and yeah 10 grand doesn't go very far when you're talking those kind of numbers if you have yeah. a house here and you also have a house in florida Right. right. You used to be able to deduct. Those are both residences. You used yes. to be able to, and, and nah, don't. So it's gonna. It could impact you. And we're, we're, we talked about the coast, but don't leave out Illinois. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Come yeah. on both now. Of them. Both of them. Yeah. No, but it, I I have a, a good friend yeah. who pays twenty five thousand dollars. He lives in Chicago, and Shazam, of the twenty five thousand that he used to deduct on his return, he gets to take 10 of that which says nothing about his income or any of that stuff so i mean there's a there's a pretty decent haircut Mm -hmm. for for the right person or the wrong person depending on Mm -hmm. uh, how you look at it so it's a change and you promise not to panic 
that uh, and and how that change is going to is going to impact you. You you can go ahead. You can say it's unfair and all that sort of stuff, but it, it is what it is. So, all right. Promise number three. I promise to not get mad at my tax preparer because I no longer receive an exemption deduction. Now I usually look for every opportunity to get mad at Ryan, yeah. but uh, but you've got to promise. Yeah, that I'd, I'd, you're not going to get mad because you no longer receive a personal exemption deduction. Well, you can get mad. Just don't get mad at Ryan. Oh, okay. Right. 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 So what does that mean? So, so yeah, this should have been rule number one, Mike. I'm a little <laughs> bit ticked. Uh, rule <laughs> number one. Don't get mad at the host. Don't get mad at Ryan. So, so yeah, the exemptions <laughs> are gone this year. And so years past, you got a $4,000, $4,050 deduction last year for every dependent in your household. Those are totally gone. And for being you. Right. That's right. If you if you just showed up, you got a coupon for being you, and you could deduct that 4050 from the amount of income that you would pay tax on. So you used to, maybe if you itemized, you itemized and maybe got 25000 of itemized deductions, and then you get all these other deductions for you and your spouse and anyone else in your family, and that the deduction is just gone. It's gone. So the, Congress included a bunch of other changes to help offset this uh, elimination of exemptions. The one that Mike just hit on is the standard deduction. So standard deduction basically doubled for everybody from 17 to 18. And so, so I'm sorry, 2017 to 2018. It, for a married filing couple, uh, married filing jointly couple, the deduction went from 12,700 up to 24,000 for this right. 2018 year. So. I saw Kevin. You were getting ready to correct me, so I no, no, no. I mean, but we, if we, yeah. you know, doubling, doubling from seventeen to eighteen, I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> but, but, but I, I think where people will, so they'll be irritated when they look at seventeen to eighteen and they say, oh my goodness, I was getting a sixteen thousand dollar deduction for my normal family of myself, my spouse, and my two kids. Um, and then now that's gone. But the other one is, you know, claiming the kids, mm-hmm. claiming the kids. There is, uh, you know, and I've got uh, three kiddos running around my house, and um, I don't know why, but it, they're so stinking expensive. But it feels good when you get tax write-offs for them. Yep. But that tax write-off is gone. But, but, so Congress took that into account when. So those three kiddos you have running around last year. Uh, Congress or the government gave you a thousand dollars for each of them that were running around it's called child tax credit. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. This year, 2018 is even more awesome. They doubled that up to two thousand dollars per kid. The other thing is last year and prior years, you uh, the the a number of people that were allowed to take that child tax credit. Basically, once your income for a married couple got above, I think around one hundred ten thousand, that started. They started reducing that thousand dollar child tax credit that you got. This year, they blew that out of the water, and you can get the full two thousand dollar child tax credit as long as your income is under four hundred thousand. Yeah. So. Mike's example, if we had a client that was making 150 grand and had three kids, last year they would get almost nothing out of that child tax credit. This year, three kids making 150 grand, they get $6,000 of child tax credit. And this is a credit which right. is better than a deduction. It's a dollar for dollar credit 
to reduce your taxes. Now, when we're talking about child, we're, we're, the, the rule is still that you've got to be younger than 17, right. which I know a whole bunch of kids that are 17 and 18. Yep. A whole bunch, but sorry, that's where they drew the line. But they also added something else, Ryan. Yes, they did. So there's something called a family tax credit. So what Mike was saying, years past, the child tax credits always stopped in the year that the kid turned 17. Uh, that's still the case for the new credit, but they added a new family ta- tax credit for $500 for every other dependent that doesn't qualify as a qualifying child uh, for for that child tax credit. So mm-hmm. you've got the kids going to school still, 17, 18, on into high school, or if there's circumstances where you're claiming a parent or someone else as a dependent of you, you can probably or you will qualify for that family tax credit for 500 bucks which has never been around in years past yeah a few weeks ago we talked about the dangers of filing your own tax return i mean this is another one this this is such a big change with with meaningful dollars tax credits are dollar for dollar back in your pocket and reduction of tax and um you just don't want to take this lightly you want to make sure you're getting everything possible all right promises four through seven as well as additional questions coming up here on wise money with corhorn financial group This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and special guest, CFP, CPA, Ryan Fair. Thank you, Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. Thank you very much. So far, we've been talking about the top seven promises, top seven pledges that you need to make to yourself when you're preparing or getting your taxes done this year. We're through the first three. We're going to rattle off four through seven here in just a second. If you have any questions, reach out to us, 574-222-2000. You can call or text 574-222-2000. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. And then once again, all over social media, just search Wise Money Radio, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, That is how you can join the conversation. All right. So with so much changed, with taxes being so frustrating and emotional, we're just going to challenge you. Just commit. Just make some pledges. Make some promises with yourself. The very first one, I'll just review what we've covered so far. The very first one is promise not to get upset if your refund is different or if you owe, if you never checked your withholdings throughout the year. We've been telling you and telling you and telling you to do that. So it might be frustrated, but if you didn't check them, then that's what it is. Promise not to panic over the new SALT limits in your itemized deduction. And then lastly, Ryan's favorite, number three, promise not to get mad at my tax preparer because I can no longer receive an exemption deduction. Find another reason to get mad at Ryan. So tie back to the show that we did a couple weeks ago if you are self-preparing your return you can get angry at your tax preparer oh that's there you go that's right that's right (laughs) promise number four i pledge to not blindly take the standard deduction but rather will still confirm which option is best for me i actually think this is a big risk there's so much talk about hey standard deduction now is doubling and so i think a lot of people will 
will just say, oh, well, I guess they might even think this is so complicated. They might just think, well, I can't itemize anymore. No, you, you totally can. You totally can. You still need to confirm it. Even for folks when we've done projections and it looks, yeah, it's going to be pretty close, but you'll probably get the standard deduction. I'm still telling them, track all your stuff, bring mm-hmm. it in because I want to look. I want to make sure. Yep. Yeah, for 18 and 19, I'm telling people just keep keep going with it. Let's get a couple years under our belt and see what reality is uh, under the new the new law. Um, you know, there's going to be you know a, a handful of people where it's just you know completely obvious. You know, if the last five years their total itemized deductions have been you know five thousand dollars, you know they're not going to get to twenty four thousand. You know, that's that's kind of the exception. But if you're in the hunt or in the ballpark, I mean, I encourage you. to Keep keep the same process you've done the last few years and uh, and round up all those expenses for us at tax time. We're going to do it both ways so that we can we can prove to you which way is is the best way. Did you say round up? That's what we do. You mean it's all a rounding game? You mean he means gather. Here's something else I would tell you if you're if you're real close if you're real close to itemizing. If you don't have a certified financial planner and you're not doing comprehensive financial planning and you're close, you need to work with your certified financial planner because there's now additional planning strategies that you need to consider to go maybe on again, off again, where one year you're doing things just a little bit differently so you can itemize, and then the next year you're going to take the standard deduction, and then the following year you'll itemize again. And so you need to, that's the creativity. We talk all the time about clarity, confidence, and creativity. That's the creativity that your certified financial planner should bring as long as they are doing tax planning with you. Yeah, and I think of a situation, we, we serve lots of older folks, and I can say older folks because I'm one of them now. But we, we serve these folks, and it's not uncommon where they'll have a year, well, they'll, they'll have twenty or $30,000 of dental work done yeah. hmm. because they're basically redoing the grill and, and <laughs> fixing, you know, crowns and this and that and the other thing. And some, you know, they'll say, hey, you know, we're, I have a bunch of dental work I'm going to get done. I'm going to do some of it this year and some of it next year and some of it. And sometimes it just makes sense to do it all this year because um, the older folks, their standard deduction is 26 Twenty-six six. Twenty-six six. So 26-6, well, hey, here you know, here here you go. You might it might make sense instead of spreading that over a few years to to um, fill that all into one year. Yeah. I had to fill it all in. I get it. Uh, hey, I had this uh, really important conversation in, at the end of eighteen with a client. It was tax planning because believe it or not, two thousand nineteen, the uh, medical itemized deduction limit goes back up to ten percent. So 18, it's still at 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. 19, it goes up to 10%. So he was trying to figure out what year it would make the most sense to pay the dental or the medical expenses. Hmm. It was a big planning opportunity. You need you need professionals in your life. You need a, a team, a squad that you can work with on that. All right, promise number five. I promise to bring my <laughs> CPA a shoebox full of documents and receipts on April 14. Will you commit to doing that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Again, if, if you're self-preparing, <laughs> yeah. that's a great idea. No, I promise not to bring my CPA a shoebox full of documents and receipts on April 14. When is the filing deadline this year, Ryan? Is it still the 15th, or they they change this every year? Yeah, it changes every year. You know, I haven't even. I'm so buried right now in and uh, getting done. 
we'll right look, now what I have to get done. We'll look it up for you. But I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's the yeah. it's the 15th. So the, you know the we get people again. We serve almost 3,000 households in the area on tax preparation, and yeah, the shoebox and the 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 um, Martin's bag full of receipts we still get. But if you're not itemizing. That's probably going to be less and less. Yeah. So, I mean, we get a lot of those people that have, you know, they donate $5 to every local charity Mm -hmm. in town. And, uh, you know, those aren't going to most likely add up enough to itemize. You know, the medical expenses we talked about, you know, there's tons of receipts related to that stuff. So, we we encourage you to just to sit down and yeah, do some math. And here's what I do. I I, uh, I just take a picture of all that stuff and I put it in my tax folder. Yep. And so I have a digital tax folder. I just take a picture and I just save that stuff there. And then when it's time to get my return done, I just share that folder with Ryan. And so he's got everything, got everything right there. And we've got, we've got a pretty sweet new software program too that we use that um, can help compile those receipts throughout the year. And uh and add them up and put them in a spreadsheet and it's it's pretty sweet awesome yeah i'm gonna say it's april 15th yep it, it, it is it, april 15th it's after it, yeah it's because on a monday or tuesday so. right it's it's on a monday yeah. and because it used to be april 15th and there was some holiday emancipation and, day yep uh so that was being celebrated so it pushed the filing deadline back a day or two but now it's monday april 15th i do remember looking at that because i remember that's another weekend that yeah. I get to work at the office. <laughs> <laughs> Two more promises. Yes. Uh, let me let me sneak them in here. So promise number six. I can't sneak this one in. It's a big one. If I own a small business or a rental property, I will be diligent in learning how the new qualified business income deduction can help me and how I can maximize it. Yeah, this is the biggest tax deduction that business small businesses have seen in years, maybe ever yeah i mean it's it's huge um and with that hugeness comes huge complications um you've got to pay yourself a certain amount your other income needs to be a certain amount i mean there's all these kind of rings of fire that you need to jump through and Mm -hmm. you know bounce on one leg while tapping top of your head and rubbing your belly in the right industry Mm -hmm. yeah so so um if you if you own a small business, you, if you're self-employed, if you have rental income, you promise you'll be diligent about learning about how in the world does this thing work, or hopefully working with a professional who's already mm-hmm. learned it. And then some people, I think, Ryan, are going to get up and they're going to find out that they didn't get the full 20% deduction. Mm-hmm. And there might be some adjustments that you need to make to your payroll or mm-hmm. to your whatever to make sure you get the full amount for 2019. Is that right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, there's, again, there's so many moving parts to this. Um, usually for the higher income, the the businesses that have uh, you know qualified business income, or it's actually taxable income over 315000 for a married couple. That's where it gets really, really complicated. Um, but yeah, there's so many moving parts in that calculation that you need to make sure you understand it. Yeah, just just to clarify, I mean, this was made law in December of right. 17. The IRS didn't even really publish anything until September yep. of 18. 18. Yep. <laughs> they didn't even want to stick their neck out and say, this is how it works. And then when they did 
released something that said how it works. I think it was like 800 pages yeah, of their incredible. explanation. It's crazy. Promise number seven is coming up, and I'll just uh, a little teaser. It is the most important. After that, we've got a couple great questions. One from Derek, who is a small business owner, owns a, an S Corp, and I'm curious about how this thing will work in his situation. So still a lot more to hit here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Coming to you from the KFG studios, my name's Mike Bernard. Here with me, Kevin Corhorn and special guest CPA and CFP, Ryan Fair. If you missed anything, there's several ways you can catch up on today's show and all previous. You can follow the show and watch it on YouTube. So we've got a YouTube channel. Just search Wise Money Radio. You can be with us in the studio and just we press record when we start airing and that's what you see. Uh, every episode is also on podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. That's Corhorn with a K. Subscribe to that. You can binge listen if you want. If you've got a long distance travel or just at the office, you can do that. Also at the office or in front of your computer, you can catch every episode right there on wisemoneyradio.com. And we've got a media player right there. You can listen that way as well. can also submit questions that way also. So far in the program, we've been talking about the different pledges, promises you need to make to yourself to not freak out or to handle the changes with taxes this year in the most appropriate way. Um, one other, just kind of uh, to, to um, go a little uh, a public, service, uh, public service announcement. If you are listening to this right now, it's early March, there's still time. But if you don't have your tax documents organized, if you don't have a game plan and you're not taking action to get your return filed timely and get things set up, take action now. Please. Take action now. Yes. Don't wait till the last minute. I was joking earlier about reaching out to Ryan on, on April 14th. Nope. Take action now because there's still planning opportunities that you can likely do before April 15, you want to figure those out. And if you're scrambling at the last minute or you are, you might file an extension. That's, that's fine. Hopefully you've done planning ahead of that. But if you haven't yet organized your stuff, if you haven't yet taken some action to get your return done, do that now. Yeah, grab your stuff. It's, it's uh, not yet 10 o'clock. Grab your stuff and head over to our Granger office. It it's open until noon and we have three other offices throughout the area to conveniently serve you in Niles, Coons Lake and Napanee. That's right. All right. The one of the cities with each letter used twice in its name. Napanee? Yes. Mississippi? No. <coughs> All right. So the last promise, promise pledge number seven is the most important. I pledge to continue to review my return with my tax preparer or financial planner for errors and opportunities before filing it. Yep, I agree with this one. That's part of our process that we, you know, that's just part of our process for doing tax returns. Um, we do lots of face-to-face -face appointments. In those appointments, part of our 
you know, wrapping up final process as we go through the return line by line and explain where everything came from um, and make sure that we got everything and talk through it with the clients. Also, we Mike talked about the clients that we have just drop off their tax returns. If we've done their taxes for a number of years, a lot of people will just send it in to us electronically or drop it off at one of the offices. We prepare the return and call the client when it's done or you know, somehow let them know when it's done. And whenever they stop in to pick up the return, we grab it, the receptionist grabs it, and we offer to have them meet with a financial advisor or um, tax preparer to review the return with them. Even if they're just swinging in to pick it up, we'll do a five-minute review and, again, just go through and make sure that everybody's on the same page. And Susie and Debbie, they're just really sweet. And, and you know, you're busy, you're running in, and, right. and you've received some communication, hey, your return's done, and they're always sweet and kind to say... I'd like to have someone come up and review this with you. Why? Why? Because out of our experience, every time you get your return done, you need to answer three questions. You're going to be sick of me saying this. The very first one is you need to know where every number came from and make sure you've got an accurate return. Any financial professional that's helping you needs to go through that with you. And I know it's yeah. tedious. They don't need to make it tedious. It's not going to be nine hours. They can do it very efficiently. Yeah. But you need a double check. You do because you might realize, oh, no, that's not right. I forgot to give you a form. Oh, my goodness. I, I can't believe I did that. Um, so you need to make sure that every number is right and that you've got an accurate return. And then second is this other one, which is before you file, you need to look at ways that you can improve your taxes this year. Yes. You need to do you need to do that. And then the third question for those of you that haven't heard me um, preach on this before is you then need to take a look and say, how will 2019 be different? How will this upcoming year be different? And what should I be doing about it? Yeah. Did my tax return meet my expectations? And if so, great. And I know where every n number came from and it, it looks right to me. And if not, why didn't it? I mean, the, the our least favorite thing is surprises during tax season, but it's not uncommon to be surprised. Mm -hmm. And we talked about some of these things that cause surprises. You estimated your income uh, incorrectly and you, with the Affordable Care Act, or there's all kinds of different things where you say, wait a minute, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that this happened. You want to know why. Yep. Yep. All right. So those are the pledges that you're making to yourself, the promises that you're making to yourself. And uh, hopefully that helps you have the best tax year ever. All right, let's transition into a couple questions here. Derek is 53, he's from Mishawaka, and here's what he asked. I own a small S-Corp with just five employees. We had approximately $200,000 of profit in 2018, which is our best year ever. That's great, way to go Derek and the team. How does the new tax law change affect the tax that I have to pay on that profit. This one gets a little technical here. Yeah, so there's lots of ways that the new tax law affects uh, how much tax you're going to pay on that. And the first uh, first one, the easiest one, I'd say, is the actual tax rates decreased across the board for uh, every every taxpayer. the The percentage of tax that, or percentage that you're paying on the profit is going down for everybody across the board, which is a win. The other big thing that we've talked about. Uh, part of the uh, acronyms and stuff that Kevin was talking about was QBI or QBID for that's qualified business income deduction. And depending on other 
scenarios and or other cases in your life, Derek, depends what your total household taxable income is. Uh, but most likely, your small business is going to have a 20% deduction of that business profit. Do the quick math on that. That's a $40,000 deduction on your tax return. Mm-hmm. Huge. And and when you say $40,000 deduction on your tax return, sometimes that gets a little confusing if we're not dealing with it every day. Mm-hmm. That means instead of paying taxes on the 200, you'd pay taxes on 160. 160. Yep. Yep, so so that could be a big deal this qualified business income deduction though. Again, hoops of fire. So you just yep. need to make sure that you um fully qualify. Ryan, you said that very uh, diplomatically that, yeah, I mean, you might have other income, you might have other things going on. We don't know what your business is. You might be in one of these uh, sort of service-based businesses. Yeah. And so, um, but hopefully, hopefully you can qualify for the, for that full deduction there. So, Um, and, and I also agree, don't understate the fact that the tax rates went down. The 10% still the 10%, but then instead of 15, it went to 12 Instead of 25, went to 22. So you're saving 3 to 4% on yeah. that money just from the tax brackets as well. And that's so. everybody. Not just small businesses, but everybody right. gets that one. Let's sneak uh, the next question in here. Kristen's 35 from South Bend. My husband and I were told by our tax preparer to contribute to an IRA to help our taxes. But I'm a little nervous about investing right now. Should I hold off until things get better? No. Thank you for your question, Kristen. That is a great question. And I go back to 2008, 2000, really 2009, and people were looking. It was the 2007, I believe, was the first year you could get the credit for putting a 529, uh, the 5,000 in the 529. So we had people that had either put five or 10,000 into the 529 plan, and they were looking at their 2008 year-end statements, and their their 5,000 had grown to 3,000, or their 10,000 had grown to 6,000, and they said, hey, this year as we're doing tax planning, we really don't wanna do that because a 529 is a bad investment. Well, first of all, 529 is not an investment, um, but it that is exactly when you want to contribute. That's when when people get greedy, you should be fearful. When people get fearful, you should be greedy. That's not a statement about what to expect in the short term. It's a, it's a um, it's leading you on what to expect for the long term. And the other thing, Kristen, just being 35, I don't know anything else about your situation. You get a deduction for the IRA. So your 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 tax preparer who's not doing financial planning, sure, they might say that's a great idea. It might be a terrible idea. It might be a terrible idea. You should probably consider a Roth as well, but you need comprehensive financial planning. So thanks for the question. That is all the time we have today. I may have a special guest, Ryan Fair, Kevin Corhorn, and myself and all of us at KFG. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.